Welcome to episode 376 of the show. Today's question, are live events good for generating sales? This is something that is topical at the moment because from the other shows that I've been listening to, it looks like other industries are getting back in gear. The travel industry, um, everybody's up and moving. Hospitality is back. Hospitality, in fact, is firmly back. Um, in other parts of the world and even in Nigeria, you know, people doing staycations, uh, over the Easter holiday, uh, the previous Christmas holiday, and what have you. So it looks like everybody is back in full swing. Um, trade shows are going on and uh, things of that nature. But for some reason, at least in Nigeria anyway, I haven't noticed things, uh, the equivalent of um, these kinds of live shows and expos and things like that. I haven't noticed them pick up for the wedding industry in Abuja and in Lagos because... I still haven't heard of a single uh, bridal expo like Brides and Babies, for instance. They were the most um, consistent one in Abuja before coronavirus became a thing in, I think that was March of maybe two years ago. And I haven't heard of any bridal fairs, any bridal expos since then. Even though Abuja International Trade Fair is back up and running, uh, Lagos Trade Fair is back up and running, um, you know, different things. Uh, GTB has their food and um, is it food and wine festival or food and drink festival? That one is up and running as well. And so you know different festivals and different uh, trade shows and things opening up Lagos, Abuja, uh, Inugu, PH. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, I think Kano also had some um, international trade fair, but I think that was last some trade fair, but I think that was last year. So yes, things um, seem to be opening up, even though. Um, we haven't had the equivalent of that in the wedding and the event space. But assuming that um, some new entity um, comes up with a bridal fair or brides and babies gets uh, back in the game or um, what's it called? Wedding Expo, yeah. Or Wedding Expo decides to throw their hat back in the ring or that show in Benue State uh, that is around, um, I think the one in Benue State is around cake, uh, cake artists, cake bakers, uh, forgive me, I'm not sure what, uh, I'm not sure how you guys would like to be addressed. And then there's this one that goes on in the East, I think in Inugu, but that one is around uh, makeup. So assuming that these shows get back up and running again, um, we're going to have to consider the question again, ultimately, if live events are good for generating sales. Now, if you've been listening for a long time, you remember that this was one of the premiere episodes that we had. Uh, I think maybe it was episode three or maybe episode four on um, an introduction to the wedding landscape in Nigeria. And so we have um, explored some of these issues uh, in the past. And so this is not a rehashing per se, but more of a summary. That's for those of you who didn't catch those earlier um, episodes. And of course, it's now topical again, since uh, we can see from what I've said that our brothers and sisters in other industries are getting back into the groove of things and perhaps we should consider doing that as well. So, are live events good for generating sales? Of course, like most of the questions that we tackle here on the podcast, the answer is a qualified yes. So yes, it's good only if you have a plan for networking and if you have the sales skills to advance the relationship and to discover a need. Why am I qualifying this? I'm qualifying it because uh, the last time I was having a chat with Shegun, who's my video guy, um, I was talking about how the um, optic you know, hasn't been um, really robust. 
maybe because we relied a lot on these uh, live events to get things um, going for us because we were quite good at uh, the bridal expos, um, brides and babies in particular. And that's because we had a plan. And there are some other uh, professionals that you would have asked, is brides and babies worth it? Bridal fairs, bridal expos, are these things worth it? And they will tell you no. And the reason why they'll say no is because I sat there for three days and 102 people came by my booth and I only got one wedding client at the end of it. And so it was not a good experience. It was not worth it. Now, if you're going to take a passive approach to these sorts of things, whether you are attending uh, Abuja International Trade Fair or Brides and Babies or um, let's say you're in the travel space and then there's the... Uh, uh, I don't know, Portacourt travel exhibition or whatever. If you're going to take a passive attitude to these things, pay your fee, go set up, look nice, smile, dress good, hand out cards, then you are not going to get a good return. Um, you need a little bit much more of an active and proactive mindset in order to make these things work. And that's the reason why I said that live events are good for generating sales only if you have a plan, if you've given this thing some forethought, and then if you have the sales skills or you've given uh, or you've come up with a sales process to advance the relationship and to discover a need. So if you're passive, then sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it's not. But the more proactive it is that you are and that you have a plan, then these things start netting out um, overall over time. So remember, it doesn't mean that if you attend three of them in a year, you're going to absolutely kill it the three times in the year. But if you're proactive and you have a plan, the thing is you attend three, one might smash, one might be average, one might be a loss. But overall, you see that you did pretty good because you had a plan. But then if you're being passive and you attend three of these things, it's possible for uh, one to be a loss, the second one to be a loss, and the second one to be meh, kind of average. So have a plan. Now, on the networking bit, networking, yes, absolutely essential because when we gather for these sorts of things, whether it's bridal shows or Abuja International Trade Fair or Lagos International Trade Fair, we're not just going to be meeting with potential clients, but we're also going to be meeting with other stakeholders in the industry. And then, of course, it's nice to know who these people are. It's nice to know who people are in your space because they end up being uh, associates that you can work with uh, in the future. And that's how Shegun and I uh, got working, really. Because even though we went to school together, we both rode in different circles at the time. Um, he was a uh, uh, he was in a sorority, I think. Yeah, for American listeners, I think you guys would call it sororities or something like that. But in Nigeria, we just call them clubs. So um, he was a club boy. He was one of those happening, um, happening dudes. And I, on the other hand, was... Uh, I guess you could say I was more like the athlete, kind of. Yeah, I guess you could say I was kind of, I didn't quite fall anywhere. So I was neither social nor academic, uh, but I did uh, spend a lot of my time um, doing athletic stuff. Badminton was my thing uh, back then. So some weight training, some running around, and then uh, badminton. So we inhabited... Um, completely different environments and so we never you know we're not enemies but we're not exactly friends so it was later on after school um both saying that we both like money and were uh the love of chasing after um all things green 
uh, yeah, so that's how our friendship started pretty much. So I attended one of these things. He was a participant there and the conversation got going again. And like, oh, okay, so you're into this. Uh, what will it take for us to start working together? And then the uh, conversations just ensued from there. And uh, in fact, this is one of the reasons why I tell uh, folks, younger people in university, that you need to give your uh, associates in school, you need to give them a fair shake because you're, you're getting into this um, university environment. You guys are trying to feel each other out. People are learning to uh, grow and explore themselves in different ways. So some people are getting into church activities. Some people are getting into socials. Uh, some people are trying to get all A's on academics. And so maybe they withdraw. But the thing is, you're not getting to see the fullest extent of who your um, your uh, colleagues uh, are. So just give things a fair shake. So don't just say, uh, because uh, this person is an SU, um, SU, that's a, a scripture union, or back in Hawaii, that's what we used to call them anyway, the Bible-thumping folks. So don't just say that, okay, because this guy is SU, or because this chick is SU, then I'm not going to have anything to do with him or her. So, um, yeah, keep it open. Anyway, I digress. So where was I? So that was another long-winded way of saying that networking is... Um, yeah, networking is um, part of the benefits that we should, a uh, part of the mindset that we should have when going for these uh, sorts of things, all these uh, bridal fairs and international trade fairs and stuff like that. So have a plan for networking. Don't just go and collect business cards. Swapping business cards and phone numbers is not networking. Because what happens is you go to these things, you meet 20 or 30 people, you collect 30 business cards or you store 40 phone numbers, but then you don't have a plan. And so these phone numbers are, uh, sit on your phone for three years, you don't do anything with them. And then uh, five years later, you're going through your phone and just deleting stuff because, oh, who is this guy? Uh, I don't know. I never called this girl. And you just delete the phone number and you just uh, wasted your time. And then same with uh, business cards. You don't do anything with them. And then eventually your children go and tear them up and use them to make paper boats or uh, different kinds of toys, the cut out action figures and things like that. And then you've wasted your time. So networking is not going and collecting business cards or phone numbers. Networking should be about discovering who is in the room and who is worth building a relationship with in the future. So taking the phone number is not the beginning or the end. You should be going around, talking to people and figuring out who is in the room. So that interesting guy over there or that interesting gal over there, oh, or I've heard of that business over there. Let me go and have a chat with them, find out who they are, who is the brains behind the business, how do they get into the game? What is it that they are up to? What do they hope to achieve in the future? You know, stuff like that. It's about you asking questions about them because that gives you all the intel about who is worth spending time with in the future. So instead of going and collecting 40 business cards and wasting your time, just go there, try and speak to as many people as possible. And you find that after speaking to 40 people, you only found two or three people interesting. Now that you have found two or three people interesting, if you collect the phone number, the chances are you actually have something to discuss with these people in the future or some projects that you want to propose. That's because you went around, spoke with them, you discovered who is in the room, and you got a sense of who is worth building a relationship with in the future. So that is the perspective that we should be taking to these events um, when it comes to the stakeholder side. Remember, I'm not talking about the client side now, the stakeholder side. We need to figure out who is in the room, who else is at this uh, bridal expo, who else is at this uh, international trade fair, who are they, what are they about, where are they heading. Ask them all these questions because you already know who you are and where you're heading. So if you know who this person is, where they're heading, 
and it kind of aligns with what it is that you are doing and the vision that you have for your own business or for the industry. Then, of course, you guys have something to talk about in the future because you call and say, hey, uh, what's up, Kemi? Uh, we met at uh, Brides and Babies. Um, I enjoyed our conversation, especially the aspect where we spoke about ABC and 123. I'm also leading in that direction. And in fact, I have this uh, particular proposal that I would like to run by you. You know, can I come by your studio? Can I come by your office? Or uh, should we go hang out and we can talk about this uh, some more? And of course, she's going to say yes, because she remembered the conversation, because other people just went and collected business cards. You are the only person who seemed to be genuinely interested and asked questions. So, of course, she remembered that guy or that girl who came by the booth. And you guys had a 5, 10, 15 minute conversation. And she's looking forward to having the discussion again. Because who else doesn't want to make more money and who isn't looking for more credible partners to be doing business with? So that's what we should be doing when it comes to networking. So have a plan. If you go there and you're passive and you collect cards, then you're on your own. Nothing's going to come, um, come out of it. Now, when it comes to live events and we're looking at things from the customer perspective, like I said, people don't have a plan or the sales skills to do three principal things. One, to uncover a need. Two, to advance the relationship. And three, to secure a commitment. Because most people just go there, they're being passive. You collect details, you collect phone numbers. Maybe after that you send one text or you send an email or you give the customer a flyer and then you hope for the best. That's not the best way to go about it because on these shows, if it's Abuja International Trade Fair, for instance, you're going to have maybe 200, 300 participants. And this person is going away with 200, 300 flyers. How do you expect that he or she is going to remember you? Now, bridal expos, bridal fairs are not that big. So maybe there are 30, 50 vendors. But the person is going to go to each stand and each stand they're going to give them two uh, to three flyers. So it's possible that this person might be leaving this show having... Um, 100 flyers in their bag. I mean, how in the world do you expect that this bride is going to remember you or the groom when they have all these things that they are juggling? So don't be passive about this. You need to have a plan. So first, we need to have a plan for discovering a need. And that is where asking questions. Again, if you're a first-time listener, I hope you're beginning to see a pattern that when it comes to sales and building relationships, it's not about what you say. It's not about how smooth you are or how well you can toast. It's about the quality and the kinds of questions that you can ask. Because if you ask, you get all the information and you'll be able to figure out what the opportunities are. If you just go there and you start toasting, uh, you put on your best voice, you put on your best accent. I'm Kemi, LLC, wedding planner. I graduated uh, summa cum laude in Ireland. And I'm into this thing because wedding planning is my passion and I was born uh, and it's my God-given talent and blah, 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 blah. All that talk about you, you might impress one or two people, but it's not going anywhere, really. So ask questions, discover what the need is. It's only when you discover what the need is that then you can uh, take that your whole presentation about uh, graduating in the UK, uh, summer cum laude, or was it first class? No, distinction. Okay, I think in the UK they say distinction. So you can now weave that whole thing about your passion and your studies and your distinctions and weave it into a um, sales pitch because you know what the need is. So ask um, questions. It's really important because for those of you who are wedding planners, for instance, you spend 20 minutes chatting with the bride and you guys are becoming best of friends. But the thing is, if the bride thinks in her heart of heart that the committee of friends or that her aunties are... Um, 
very reliable, then she's not going to call you back for wedding planning services because in her mind, she already thinks that she doesn't have a need. So she's there and you guys are chatting because you're a nice person and who doesn't like hanging out with nice people? And generally, we vendors in the um, wedding space, we happen to be very nice, charming people, um, eloquent, sophisticated types, uh, what else? Interested in a wide range of topics. We can hold conversations with a whole bunch of hope, uh, people. So, of course, yes, there are times when people just like hanging out with us and shooting a breeze with us. And that's because we're nice, good-looking, charming, magnetic personalities. But there's no point in having um, 30 brides walk by your table over the course of three days, having these wonderful conversations, if in their heart of hearts they already think that they don't need wedding planning services because... I have 15 friends who are going to be there, so it's not going to be a problem. Or my mom has seven sisters, and uh, the seven sisters are going to make sure that everything goes um, goes uh, smooth. And uh, there's not going to be any hitches, so we don't need wedding planning services. So if you ask the right questions, you're going to be able to get to the root of these things. And when you get to the root of it, you now know what kinds of arguments to make or what kind of pitch you need to make for your service. So if she thinks that her committee of friends are reliable, you're now going to be able to swing the conversation that way of talking about how you know people come to slay, people want to have a good time and blah, blah, blah. So you can't quite um, uh, uh, bank on your friends or your aunties. But the thing is, you need to ask those questions. So congratulations. When are you getting married? Have you guys selected a venue? What are you doing around uh, wedding planning? Oh, you don't think you need a wedding planner? You don't want to waste money? Oh, that's because um, your mom has seven sisters. Oh, okay, yeah, tell me about your mom's uh, sisters. What makes you think they're going to be capable? What plans have you guys uh, made already? Or for your committee or friends, how have you guys um, have you guys determined who is going to do what? What are your plans for catering? What are your plans for drinks? Um, what else? What are your plans for crowd control, for setting up the decor uh, before uh, or tearing down the decor after everything is done? These are the kind of questions that you ask that will help both you and the bride um, realize if there's a problem here. And from asking these questions, it's then the bride might realize that, okay, maybe I haven't thought this thing quite clearly through because there are lots of things involved and I can't just say I have 15 friends or my mom has seven sisters and so everything is covered. So, discover the need, ask questions. It's a sales skill and it's something that sales consultants like me can help you out with. And you don't even have to engage our services. A quick search over at Google or YouTube and you'll be able to find uh, tons of stuff in this regard. So next, advancing the relationship. And that is where a lot of us talk about following up or as I like to say, following through. Now, the whole thing about advancing the relationship, following up, following through, um, the reason why I say follow through is because I think it is best to uh, go along with specific lines of action and then schedule them. Um, because when you say follow up, there's this vague idea of, well, I have to call. I have to call Kemi or I have to call Kunle. But I'm not quite sure why I have to call them or what I have to say. But the idea behind following through is that when you have this meeting with the bride and the groom or with your potential client, you guys agree to what the next lines of action should be and then schedule reminders and follow through on those actions. So the way Shegwa and I work it, when we show up at these shows, what we're trying to do basically is uh, qualify, get a sense of who is serious and who is not, 
get contact details and get an agreement in principle that we're going to meet again so that we can have some more discussions. Because um, Shagwin is a social type, but the music at these shows are very, very loud. I don't like having conversations, shouting into someone's ear. And uh, even though Shagun is the life of the party, he doesn't like to do that either. So for us, it makes a lot of sense that we just feel these people out in principle, see if they're willing to have the next meeting. And we need to make sure that they're qualified, that they're serious. And then the next thing, the next line of action is to uh, schedule the meeting. So for Shagun and I, after the bridal fair, we don't wake up the next day thinking, oh, follow up. Uh, what does follow up mean? How am I going to follow up? But rather, we are going to follow through on specific things that we already agreed at the last meeting. So when we spoke to Kemi and Kunle, they said that they liked what they saw. And they think that the price range of uh, 300 to 600k seems reasonable. And they're willing to chat some more and to look at some more samples or to have a look at uh, a proposal. And so they agreed that they would be free next week between Monday and Wednesday. So... Our first follow-through action is going to be, because bridal fairs are usually Thursday, um, Thursday to Saturday, or Friday to uh, Sunday, depending on who is organizing. So when Shegwa and I wake up on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning, the next thing that we're trying to do is to call up Kemi or Kunle, say, hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, this is Tavishima. You know, we spoke, so, so, so on. So um, uh, you said you're going to be okay with having a meeting between Monday and Tuesday. I'm free Tuesday. Uh, I can be at your office at uh, 8 a.m. Or you can come by mine at 10 a.m. Um, how does that work for you? You know, and you have that conversation, basically. So you can see that we, at the last interaction, we agreed on what it is that we're going to do next. And so following through is just continuing on the commitment that was already agreed um, at the last time. So... I collected their information. Now it's the call up to set up the meeting. And during the meeting, it's going to be the same pattern. We're going to agree on what the next thing to do is. And so the next time that I call to follow through or send an email to follow through or send an SMS to follow through, it's going to be the same. At the last meeting, oh, sorry, uh, thanks for uh, taking the last meeting. Uh, it was nice getting to know you. It was fun, blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole preamble. Um, we agreed on XYZ, and that's the reason why I'm uh, reaching out. So how does uh, 1st of March sound to you for XYZ? And just taking it from there. So you can see that advancing the relationship, not all that hard. All you have to do is to uh, follow through on agreed lines of action. And then the last thing um, is to secure a commitment. That's when we're talking to clients and sorry potential clients and securing the commitment basically is all about asking for the sale or asking for the next step or asking for that meeting so ask for what the most uh, appropriate uh, next step is because there are lots of people who show up for these shows and who uh, collect all the details and they don't do anything with all that um, extra information they just show up collect details and then hope for the best but rather what you should be doing is um, after you've agreed on what the next step is, then you should secure the commitment. So ask for the sale, ask for the meeting, ask for what that next um, step is. Now, how do you do that? Um, so how do you do that? Well, there are different ways of con uh, considering that. Um, I just use some pretty textbook stuff, and this is what I tell um, friends and associates who ask. You can say something as simple as, the next step is X, Y, Z. Would you be okay with that? 
So in the scenario that I gave now concerning uh, uh, Shago and I, be like okay so the next step now is for us to fix a meeting so that we can go over a specific um, proposal would you be okay with that the answer is going to be yes or the answer is going to be no if the answer is no it's more questions to figure out what it is that you haven't uncovered what the objections are if the answer is yes then of course you're going to whip out your uh, phone and start looking at calendar dates um, to see if the person is available monday tuesday wednesday and what have you so the next step is ABC, XYZ, that's one way to go about it. I've heard some people who say things like, most of my happiest customers at this stage like to do one, two, three. Are you okay with that? That is also a plausible thing to do. And then um, you can also use lines like, uh, now that we're done with uh, ABC and we finish this, the next thing to do is um, one, two, three. So these are just um, rough drafts that you can use, use verbiage that you are comfortable um, with. And then if you're in that situation where, <clears throat> so excuse me, where you have no idea what, you, um, what to say, you can then put the ball in their court <clears throat> so excuse me and then ask what would you like to do next because if you don't have a plan sometimes it's not a bad idea to go with the plan that the customer has so thank you very much for listening to today's show i've gone well past the 15 minute mark so let me wrap it up here uh, if there's anything else to add on this i'll do that on the next uh, episode so thanks for your time and attention i'm your host abuja based sales Consultant and event media professional, Tavishima Ayede. Thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.